welcome to Carry On Up The Village. I'm Christopher, and this is The Village. Sorry, this is The Misses. Hi, I'm Fiona. Thank you for downloading our podcast. I hope you enjoy it. And our podcast this week is brought to you in association with Prickly Pear Beers, which should give you a clue, those who are in the know, that the episode we have just watched is Living in Harmony. Fiona, who was bored by the opening sequence every time. How do you feel? Well, I didn't get the opening sequence to be bored with. (laughs) Can I just say? Yes. I think Patrick McGoon just wanted to be in a Western. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think there might be a little bit of that. I think it was more... He was in a position he could be as indulgent as he liked. Pretty much, yes. And and, and he did. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so... As I'm sure our listeners well know, this was just a Western. I know nothing of Westerns. Was this mm-hmm. a typical Western? Pretty much. Okay. Um, and there was, until the very end, no reference to characters or storylines or, or anything in The Prisoner prior mm-hmm. to that. There was a tiny sniff of the music, Westernised. Oh, was that? Yeah, no, I noticed oh, that. Okay. That's because... I did think that you were just mucking with me. That's right. Because you know how, like, with the the Carry On podcast that we do, you sometimes slip in a, a Christmas special or something that's not a Carry On film, but has the Carry On cast in it. I uh-huh. thought you were doing something like that. Mm-hmm. Has Patrick McGoo in it, and therefore we have to do this as part of the experiment. Um, this is something else he did at the same time. Uh-huh. So, you know, because that's the kind of fun you have. Um, but no, no, it was the fun they had. How um, did you? Never occurred. Do to you me. think it would have? Do you think you would have? I mean, obviously, it's a scheduled television program. So if you sit down and watch it, and it's not it, um, you would kind of go, "What? What's happened to this?" But then it was him. The font of the credits was the same. Um, do you think you would have cottoned on, or do you think you would have gone, "Why am I watching a western"? Well, I personally probably why am I watching a Western? Because mm-hmm. I think it's also, and it's probably like lots of its audience, the the type of audience that would watch The Prisoner are probably not likely to watch Westerns, or, or they're um, not necessarily yeah, hand I in think, hand. So. I think 50 years ago, The Prisoner different. was an action-adventure series. Other action-adventure yeah, 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 series okay. were Westerns. Okay. So I think, uh, yeah, I think there would have been a lot of crossover. But I, I wrote down... A f- before we kind of got into the story of, of the Western, mm-hmm. I was writing down, I'm not enjoying this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not enjoying the puzzle. We're back to square one. Nothing in it is to build on the previous episodes. You know mm-hmm. how normally mm-hmm. you kind of figure out, oh, is that because of that? No. Mm-hmm. I didn't, and didn't do any of that. But then when I just got into the story, I just watched it mm-hmm. as a story. Um, and I had some notes about that. But through the and then I just kind of got into it. So I wasn't thinking. But you saw that the very the very beginning was him resigning as a sheriff. Yes, but I just thought that was a. And being beaten up and knocked out and arriving in a mysterious place, which he then couldn't leave from. Yeah, no, I I knew this. I saw the um, parodies, mm-hmm. but I honestly wasn't thinking that they were still in the village or anything like that. And it was only literally when he he woke, woke up. up in the blazer. I just thought, oh yes, it's the prisoner we're watching. So, oh, so yeah, you'd kind of even forgotten that you weren't thinking. You weren't thinking, how does this fit in? 
I was at the beginning, but, but then I gave up. I did have to assure you before you carried on that this is an episode of The Prisoner. <laughs> but no, I just, I just enjoyed it. Might not be the word, but I just um, settled into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, I wasn't, and I think that's why maybe it was different. I wasn't enjoying the fact that I was trying to figure it out because I just gave up trying to figure it out. Right. Um, and so it wasn't the same kind of experience as you would have done in the other episode mm-hmm. when you're trying to make theory. Yeah, my, my theories are, are quite slight in my notes. Um, I did say at the beginning perhaps a new situation, a, a new scenario of the same situation would give you a different perspective and see different things of that situation. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. So, um, whereas when you're in the, um, when you're in the, the village, um, you see the situation of everyone being a prisoner or half prisoners, half wardens, whatever. But when in this situation, it seemed to be one crazy man keeping, or a couple of crazy men, keeping everyone else in check and they all wanted out and mm-hmm. um yeah and so you kind of saw it in a different light a bit and I thought maybe that's why they did it so that you could draw different conclusions mm-hmm. from the different types of people or types of scenarios mm-hmm. or whatever so uh I thought that might be part of the reason um but yes I didn't realize until um we woke up and he was in a blazer that it was like one of these mind games kind of thing. Yes, it was sort of a kind of virtual reality. Yeah. Or a prototype pop, virtual pop reality. Pop them up with hallucinogenics and, and break their mind. As mm-hmm. in, make them fall in love, then lose it, and then they'll... Mm-hmm. they'll push, him, push him to the limits of of human endurance yes. and see if he'll break. So, um... But interestingly, there wasn't really... They weren't asking him the questions, despite the fact he resigned at the beginning of this as well. Yeah. They weren't asking him why he resigned. The number two, the judge, seemed most intent on getting him to work for him. I Yeah, but I think what they were trying to do was to make him do something he said he wasn't going to. Wear the guns. Well, work oh, yeah. Wear the guns. So I think if they thought that they had broken his mind enough that he couldn't, with, he couldn't stand up for his own beliefs anymore, mm-hmm. then... That would be the tipping point to get into what they want. Mm-hmm. It was to um, to make him lose himself mm-hmm. uh, and what's important to him. And once you've lost that, then it's probably easier to to wear him down. But until they worked on that first, because until they broke that, there's no point asking him the question mm-hmm. because they knew that he would be able to withstand them. Do you think they did wear him down? Did they break him? No. Do you think he knew what was going on before he woke up on the on the on the floor of the saloon? Well, the I mean, the the reaction from the number two and the crazy man was the kid. The kid mm-hmm. was such that um, he realized he his mind realized it was fantasy quicker than they expected mm-hmm. so it was obviously because of that his mind getting his getting around that that he he ended up breaking the trance and mm-hmm. waking up in the blazer so i don't know whether it was conscious or subconscious 
that that happened. Mm-hmm. But um, I got the feeling that he did actually kill the kid because of what he'd done to Kathy, not because he realised it was not real. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I th- see. I think I think he knew that it wasn't real. Quite a bit before that. What bit do you think he realised? Well, the bit what I would then I think this kind of crosses into our Patrick moments because I was thinking about that at the beginning and I was thinking actually his impassivity uh, is it actually good acting or is it just an easy sort of choice to make especially in a western? Um, but then when he became the sheriff, when he accepted the sheriff position, I think at that point he was kind of knowing. When the guy came and said, you know, we want you to help us clean up oh, your yeah. Oh, you want me to help you clean up your town. And there was a slight, just the beginnings of a smirk kind of played about his mm. face. That I thought, oh, you know, he is good. I take that back. Um, that might have been an obvious choice to begin with. But now I'm I'm kind of getting the the idea. Um, but I, and I kind of, my theory on that, such as it is, is that he was then trying to keep both things in his mind at once, the reality of the Western mm. and the reality of the village, actual reality, uh, and that's kind of, and it was, and the difficulty in doing that came when he was, you know, when he was being shot, etc. There was too much sensory overload, which is why he then broke the trance, because his brain basically shut down at that point. Because certainly when he woke up, he was confused and yeah, yeah. he looked very startled and shocked, etc. So that's what I thought. So I would, I would say the Western bit of its own. Mm-hmm. I have a couple of comments. Mm-hmm. Nothing happened very slowly. <laughs> that's, that's a bit of a thing about Western. I know this is why they've never appealed. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of acting with very little dialogue. Yeah. Um, and kid never spoke. The kid never spoke. I guess you. Yes, I'm pleased you noticed that. Which. Did make him freaky. Mm-hmm. Um, and his intensity of stalkingness mm-hmm. more intense and all mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But he did, he was very good at acting. Mm-hmm. Um, and also acting that just with the look of the eyes and stuff. Yeah. Um, the psychoticness, the obsession, the in love. It all came across. Oh, yeah. Do you know, did you know, I don't know, this was early on, so you might not have been paying much attention, but, um, he is Alexis Kanna, is the actor who played the kid. Um, and as well as being billed above number two, which is very unusual, mm. normally number two is the top guest, um, he also got a square box around his name. Oh, I that. So just Is that a thing of, that used to happen? It, 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 you still see it occasionally in sort of, um, films when there's normally somebody who's really big or can get a really good small part. Oh, right. And it'll be, you know, okay, blah, 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 starring such and such with da 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 da, da and somebody. Yes, and then sometimes, and something, yeah. Yeah, but then sometimes you even get and square box right, somebody. Okay. Um, I can't think of any examples no, no, of that now, but, um, but yes, that it does happen um, from time to time to sort of go, this is, okay, look out for this. Uh, he he had an interesting career in that he had he was actually French, he was actually French or or Belgian or something. Um, and was he, he in Clockwork Orange? No, but it's but it, but that's very yeah. that kind of yeah, identity, yeah. 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 Um, and indeed the whole to be honest, the sort of granddad shirt 
and the braces. With the high trousers. Is very, it was very clockwork orange. Or and the that, hat. of course, is later on. Yeah. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm, I thought uh, it must have been a nod to it. No, no, no. I think it or may actually be the other way around. Um, but he'd been cast. He was in a couple of films as a sort of young veteran. He was young now there, but again, as a sort of young juvenile kind of part. Um, he was then cast as Hamlet by Peter Brook. Um, and was, a, by all accounts, a very electrifying. You can see how good a Hamlet yeah. he would have been in that way. He then went on to a police series called Softly, Softly, um, but he left before the end of his contract, I think, because he didn't want to be typecast. He was very popular. He then did this, um, and really his career didn't really go anywhere else major after his first his work on The Prisoner, um, although he did later on do another film with Patrick McGowan, uh, interestingly. Um, but he's one, of these, he's one of these guys that's kind of like, whatever happened to him? He's passed away now. Um, but okay, he's like one of these kind of, oh, yeah. You well, expected more from him. Yeah, okay, he yeah, was going to yeah. be big. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think he he ran away with who's your favourite other villager on this. I mean, it'll be favourite, but who was the best other villager oh, yeah, yeah. Um, on this? His only challenge being uh, Basil Exposition, who came forward to say when he was in, after, the, the, after Cathy had freed him from the prison, and they were having a trial, and it turned out he wasn't on. It wasn't the prisoner on trial. It was. Oh Catherine. yeah. But why would she be on trial? She let him out. He was in prison. Yes, he was in prison for his own good. So she didn't know that. Oh, and then the guy just walked away. So he was my other favourite. <laughs> uh, but yes, the kid, and and indeed yes, the um, non-verbal aspect of it. Remind you of any other characters in the prisoner who might be close to number two usually? Mm. Number one, he doesn't speak, no? Well, we've never seen number one. Captain's what we've seen. Oh, you mean the um, controller or whatever he's called? No, no, he speaks. The butler. Oh, the butler, okay. Yeah. What do you think the top hat was about with the kid? Did you think about that at all? I just thought it made him seem like a ponce. <laughs> In the sense that he obviously cared about the hat a lot and mm-hmm. cared about something... Fain. Oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, set himself apart from the rest. Thought he was better than the rest because of the hat. That kind of mm-hmm. thing. So I thought that was what the hat was about. Alright. What about um, Valerie French as number, tw- number 22 or Cathy? I liked her. Mm-hmm. I did actually think, there's some other things I want to say in, in a section. I'm now adding a different time section to this. Oh, is that? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, a different, there's a different time as a section in another podcast, Carry On Up The Misses, yes. um, which is was a, a different review time. of the Carry On films when we speak about things that happened in a different time. So, um, no, just with Kathy, she was great and she was um, obviously very attractive and all that, but she was older than the attractive women we get these days, don't you think? Oh, yeah, 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 I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, and... But I thought that was um, well done, you know, yeah. and, and I, it just, it's just something I note because I think we're so horrendously feared of using older women to be... And she's not even an old woman. She'd be in her 30s, or I thought. Oh. I thought she might have been hitting 40. Oh, but... I didn't think she was quite that old. Okay. But also, the as a prostitute, wherever she was... Um... She was just a saloon girl. Were Did they you not a prostitute? Is that not what saloon girls were? Oh, maybe. Okay. I don't know. I'm not a Western fan. Anyway, (laughs) 
she was dolled up with feathers and yeah. cleavage. Um, but obviously they're very heavily made up, was what I was going to say. Mm. So that often makes people look older than, mm. than they mm-hmm. are. So that's that. So the rest of my, it was a different time. Um, they blackened up a Mexican. Oh, okay, yeah, right. Rather fine. than just getting a Mexican. Mm. Don't know if there were many Mexican actors in Britain in the 1960s. Don't know if there's many Mexican actors in Britain now, to be fair, but I know what you mean. Um, Was this on primetime television? It certainly was. There's a lot of darkness. Mm -hmm. Stalkery man raping women, Mm -hmm. um, then killing them. I know what you mean to say, and this was half past seven at night. It's family viewing, action adventure, good old John Drake with. Danger Man. Um, also shown on the 29th of December, right in the middle of those Christmas holidays. Uh, Western. Everybody loves a Western. Uh, well, the whole family can sit down. And but but I, I think that that is actually a strength of family drama, to, to bring in themes, realistic themes like that. Now I think, to be honest, and this is probably true of Westerns, with the Western badge, it seemed so other to people's everyday lives yeah. it probably did seem the sense of removal yeah. yeah um and therefore it wasn't scaring people or really bringing themes that uh are as shocking as you think they are because of that distance mm-hmm. so um but i still i wouldn't want to sit down with my family and watch that and i thought especially when he was being particularly when the kid was being particularly psychotic mm-hmm. and she had bit his lip and mm-hmm. the blood was running down his face and he was still coming after her i was actually thinking that's hell of a scary mm. you know i think um that, that could possibly give you nightmares and stuff so i i would worry about that being family viewing well i, I wonder actually if there'd be with a, there's a bit of a different time involved in that as well insofar as if you imagine uh, a family sitting down watching this in 1967 and that comes on and the child says, asks the parents about the character of the kid. Why is he doing that? What's, why is he doing that? I think then it would have been very, he's go, oh, he's crazy. He's a nutcase. Mm. Um, to, to sort of deflect that yeah. question or even to maybe answer that question in its own way. Whereas I think now that's a far more difficult conversation to have because attitudes have changed so mm. much that you know if you have a character who has okay, who clearly has some sort of some sort of issues yeah. um you need to sort of explain that and mm. and you know show that that's a thing but I don't I don't know if I if if I'm if I think drama is better or worse um for that um but it it just struck me as like that's interesting because it's the kind of thing that because attitudes have changed, you kind of got away with mm. with more because you weren't so concerned about, uh, you know, about. But even without the explanation, kind of I think I still stand by the fact it would be nightmarish. Even yes, but didn't. then it, I, I mean, bear in mind that the makers didn't schedule it. Um, yeah. You know, it was supposed to be a, a nightmare. It was supposed to be testing him to to a limit, wasn't it? To testing the prisoner to a limit. Um, yeah. And indeed, I mean, that, that was another part of it was, and this really comes into, you know, this is, that's still a theme that comes out today, is 
basically to become involved in these games led two of the characters to their deaths. Oh, we'll come to that. Will we? Okay. Mm. We'll not cover that now, though. No. No, okay. Carry on, Um, A couple of things. I've done my different time. Mm-hmm. A couple of things with the um, storyline within the Western. Yeah. Why didn't he leave? Uh, I've written after murder, but there's a few murders, but... <laughs> um. Oh, do you mean when they... Lynch no, no, murder? after oh. after Kathy's murder, she, he went and buried her. Yes. Why didn't he just leave then? Was it just avenging her death by shooting the kid? Yes. And by the, and he'd taken, he took the star off by then, didn't he? he no, he came back and he found the, the he found the guy dead, didn't he? The, the guy who tried to... No, no, that was before then. Was that before then? Mm. Did he just come back and shoot the kid? After Pretty much, that? yeah. I think it may just have been. It kind of but, plays into yet yeah, this. This I think is a difficult relationship between number six and women, mm. in that he doesn't seem to care for women in a romantic way. And indeed, when she was, you wanted to run off with Kathy. Was not not caring about romantic women then? Did you think he? I didn't think he. I think he wanted to run off. I think he thought she was a reasonable person to run off with. I, I don't know. I, I just, I just, I don't understand. I don't he did so much for her. Mm-hmm. He stayed for her to let her off. Um, mm-hmm. he um became the sheriff. He then wanted to run away with her and told her to get to the edge of town, even though that would make his life more difficult. And there was a whole lot of romance and love in there. But he never seemed to like smile at her or anything. That's just his way. Do you think you could get away with that these days? Do you, 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 you think you could write a character like that these days? Does, it, does that not does that not seem slightly psychotic? No, you're the only one with a problem with this. I just think he's not showing his emotions. Yes, which is strangely concerning for you, seeing as <laughs> seeing as you don't show your emotions. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm regularly pulled up on it because we're supposed to all show our emotions these days. But I just. On a film, when you've got a sort of mysterious, dangerous man, uh-huh. he can be romantic and stuff but in his not, own way. Was the kid romantic in his own way? No, it's not different. at all. You know it's different. Don't no, try and play I'm, this. I'm, I'm, I'm exploring it. He doesn't have any issues with women. Okay, well, that's it. Well, we'll, that's that subject's it. I'm over, upset with you. Yes. <laughs> Okay. I did write down, though, even though I wasn't aware that it was any kind of game or uh-huh. thing, the shooting was no blood or holes. Well, but I think that's just telly, isn't it? That's... No, I think it was particularly obvious, this one. Because you could have blood. Uh-huh. There was some blood. Only running down his face. Or when he skipped or, his yeah, hand. Yeah, on his hand as well, yeah. But, no, when he... Sh- <coughs> even when... um. The kid shot the drunken guy that was all over Kathy. Mm-hmm. There was just no blood on him or anything like that. So I I, I, I should have realised at that point that it was actually not real. Oh, I, 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 I wouldn't have... Anyway. I wouldn't have taken that as conclusive proof just because you never see blood in that I just guy. thought it was... Well, I don't know Western, so I didn't... No, I've just been on TV, generally. I think you're wrong. Okay. In 1960s. 
<laughs> Get a look, listeners. Looks don't work on the podcast. Well, it was really just for you, darling. All right, okay. Next. Well, now we get to the point where it all went wrong. It all went wrong? For the number two. Oh, right, when we get into the reality of it. So, he his mind cracks the code. Mm-hmm. He comes back to the village, and the three of them, the kid, number two, and Kathy, mm-hmm. in villager mode, um, have a conversation about it. Mm-hmm. It becomes obvious that um, this was all the kid's masterpiece, mm-hmm. and um, he thinks it should have worked. Number two's upset that it didn't work, but apparently got too involved in it himself, and that's, therefore it reached crisis point too soon, mm-hmm. was the kid's opinion. Um, and then Kathy was obviously upset, crying, so she obviously got very involved with it too. Mm-hmm. She went back to the Western scene as did he, turned out he was still, he was, the kid. he was still the kid, and maybe he, this whole thing was part of his psychotic fantasy life, mm-hmm. um, and killed her, and then when number two arrived to see what happened, the kid committed suicide. And he was still, in his, it, he was acting as the kid. Yeah. At that point, because he was talking to number two as the judge, saying, you can't tell me what to do no more. Yeah. Um, so what I thought was very interesting about that was it's the first, maybe it's not the first time, but it's a time when the village or whoever's running the village, which we've had many theories about, uh-huh. obviously lost control mm-hmm. and wasn't... Um, wasn't on top of everything. They were making mistakes and were fallible, basically. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was interesting because normally with these things, you just think it's such a big, powerful thing in control mm-hmm. that they have all, all bases covered and all that kind of thing. So I thought that was, that was a, you know, to mm-hmm. see weakness in the opposition to number six, whatever mm-hmm. that is. Was was quite enlightening, but also gave you hope that he would escape if there's yes. a chink in the armor. Yes, I mean that. While it's true that he hasn't escaped, equally he, they haven't got they haven't got the information or got him to work for them. No, yeah. and even the things that usually work or mm-hmm. that kind of thing, he's got a mind that's stronger than everybody else. So mm-hmm. you kind of think he's 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 battling on, he's keeping going, mm-hmm. he's he's still in the fight. What I thought was interesting from that point of view was the fact that. You know, did number did was number two's mistake basically to take number eight's plan and run with it. Um, so can he already made his mistake before he did anything about well, that is true. Investigating that the crisis point. Um, and also, well, we've seen like even last week's number two was pretty detached, and we've also seen other number twos who who are using other people's ideas. Uh-huh. But this seemed. You know, this is quite an extreme idea where you would expect a number two to say, "Well, I'm not so sure about this." Um, I don't know. I think I think they're so baffled by not being able to break number six because I'm sure they normally do it like that. Mm-hmm. That they're trying different things, mm-hmm. and so, um, I mean, I don't think number two could have possibly had uh, been aware of these 
being potential consequences. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a kind of feeling of, well, we've tried everything else. Let's try your thing. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. they just mm-hmm. thought the worst can that, that can happen is number six isn't broken. Mm-hmm. We're in no different position to where we are, mm-hmm. not realising that the others could get sucked into it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with their weaker minds. Um, I wondered if that was part of what... At the point when I thought number six knows what's going on, I wondered if that was part of why he was letting things carry on, because he was trying to... How far will they go before pulling me or any of us out of this? You know, will they let people die? Of course, he didn't know if people were really dying or not at that point. Yeah, uh, but if that's they... the case, then he made a mistake by letting it carry on to the mm. point where yeah. it all went tits up. Mm-hmm. Um, can I ask about, do you have any thoughts about um, number six, not wanting to use guns, but yet being perfectly happy to get into fistfights with all and sundry? I think that was just symbolic of him saying no to whatever it is. Oh, okay. And them trying to break his resolve for no. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like they set up the scene that there was something that he would be against so mm-hmm. that they could break him and therefore roll out all the information that they wanted. But I also thought it's probably because um, we all, well, we we all know, because you told me Patrick McGowan <laughs> um, didn't work on a Sunday. I think there was an. I, I, don't, I don't know if he didn't work on Sunday. I know he was. He was quite. He was a religious man. He oh, he didn't like, like nudity. Didn't like, yeah. Well, he, he didn't like uh, involvement with women. Oh. You know, like affairs and that kind of thing. So, um, so yeah, he was religious anyway, yes. and he quite felt quite strongly about that. Mm-hmm. So I think this was kind of like a, a parody to that that there was a thing he felt quite strongly about that seemed to be common for everyone else, mm-hmm. but he did. He wanted to stand against. Okay. Yeah, a bit. I, I wondered if it might be a clue potentially to why he resigned. Or something. Both in the real world and potentially in the Western, in that, you know, violence is okay, but there are weapons that shouldn't be used. Well, I, I, I do certainly think um, this idea that he was known to be a sheriff. Mm-hmm. Um, he's given up on all that, and therefore he said no guns, because that was my old days, my old life. Mm-hmm. Um, did feel like what whatever's happened in his resignation as a spy or whatever mm-hmm. he is, um, he's saying no, I'm not going back there, no matter what you you make me, I'm not I'm not going to be that person. So I think that it it ties up with the reason he's resigned mm-hmm. um, is not wanting that life anymore and I think the guns were symbolic of that because um, he might go in fist fights but he never wanted someone killed even when he that guy fell into the trough of water he, took him back he out pulled again. him out so mm-hmm. he didn't die so I think it's about killing people and I I think that's probably a nod to why he resigned in the first place okay do you have any more no, thoughts that is all my thoughts okay do you want to uh, given this is Christmas holidays time that this has been shown. Oh, it must be something a little less scary, on surely. <laughs> well, there was. I might there? have nightmares. Let's, from from this, from yeah. watching this. Oh dear. Right. It's well, so let me. Freaky. Well, what we could do then is we could watch instead the good old days. What's that? You don't know what the good old days is. You know, good news for you, Fiona. It's repeated on BBC Four every week. 
I'm sure you Just have like it Jump on the Pops. DVD or something. No, because even I don't think it's that good. Oh. Um, a special condition for Christmas week. What the, is it, then? Of the Old Time Music Hall. Oh, right, okay. From the stage of the famous City Varieties Theatre Leeds. Um, basically, it was people doing acts that were done in the Victorian kind of Edwardian times, yes. Uh, this week, top of the bill, Beryl Reed, who we saw just this week in our in watching our other podcast. Which one was she? She was uh, the mother of the guy who oh, we're obsessed with. Oh. Yes, yeah, yeah, but she's funny, Beryl Reed, in real life. Well, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't know that, that to look at that. Um, right, we're also we've also got. Uh, uh, John Hewer, Dennis Martin, Tony Simposoa, David Kay, and Chivers and Gerald Campion, Kim Cordell, Les Renos, and I don't know if this is all one word, Les Renos Passarama Rao, Chantal and Dumont, and of course your chairman, uh, Leonard Sachs. Special material, Sweet Fanny by John Hewer and Mike Hall. You just read all of that just to say Fanny, didn't just you? Just slipping that in. Uh, David Key is appearing at the Embassy Club London. And Tony Simpson is in Fiddler on the Roof at Her Majesty's Theatre, should you be interested. Uh, and following that, uh, All Gas and Gators, which, after we discussed it last week, it suddenly struck me. You say, why is it called that? Why is it called that? Because it's another way of saying All Mouth and Trousers. All Gas and Gator, so don't let me mention that last week. Anyway, so that's that. Derek Nimmo still appearing in Charlie Girl at the Adelphi Theatre. Um, and on BBC Two, Katakali uh, Dancers. Excerpt from the repertory of the Kerala Kalamandalam Company's in- Company, India's finest and most spectacular school of dance. Cool. That's what, see, that's a proper choice, that. And then the money programme about the day that the, uh, they devalued the pound. A special report on the pressures and the politics behind the decision to devalue, which was a huge issue in the uh, 1960s. Some might say we're still feeling the effects of it uh, now. So that was your chance. That was your choices. Lily, that was it. That, well, there's only two, there's only three channels. So are you going to watch The Prisoner, The Good Old Days, or uh, The Indian Dancers? Probably The Indian Dancers. Oh, be interesting. Get you a bit of culture. Uh, now, we also watched another thing this week with relation to the prisoner that uh, one of our uh, listeners uh, highlighted to me uh, on uh, Twitter, uh, Shane Poole, thank you very much, which was Sooty. Oh, yes! <laughs> which, by sheer coincidence, we have a young son, and, and he had come back from school saying that they'd done some um PE where one of the it was basically like stations and they'd do a different exercise at each station. And one of the stations he said was called the Spotty Dog. And that was moving your arm and leg on one side and your arm and leg on the other side. And I said, Oh that's the Spotty Dog from like the wooden tops and Fiona didn't have a clue what the wooden tops was, and of course the boy didn't have a clue what the wooden tops was. Uh, so we watched a bit of it on YouTube. I didn't know what the wooden tops were. Oh, did you? Yeah. I thought you didn't. No. All right, okay. Uh, it just I'm not me, completely ignorant. But, you know, chances are even the teachers wouldn't have a clue what Spotty Dog and the wooden tops were, since, you know, it was made in the 1950s. Uh, so we watched a bit of that, and that led us down a little rabbit hole of old children's telly, which led us to discover that the boy loves Sooty. Uh, yeah, and that was only like... A week ago, yeah. yeah. And then here's another bit of Sooty being recommended because, really, for no good reason... Um, Again, the presenter's self-indulgence. Matthew Corbett's self-indulgence, it seemed. that He decided that he was a big fan of the prisoner. He had the blazer and the hat and the, the 
badge and a balloon and Kimmy was acting out bits. And they actually showed bits of the of the prisoner, didn't it? I was, I was quite surprised at that. Then they went to Port Merion for a visit. Uh, and then another tie into our other podcast. I don't think you really noticed this bit, but you know they went mountain climbing. Did you know who the mountain well, climbing city? Yeah. Do you know who the mountain climbing instructor was? No. Welshman. Welshman, you like lovely boy. <laughs> Windsor Davis. If you want to go a thing for Windsor Davis, you'll no. find out if you listen for. Our I've podcast. got a thing for you doing a Windsor Davis. Oh, <laughs> me doing a Windsor Davis is even. It's even more bizarre. <laughs> Not actually Windsor Davis himself. It's me doing a Windsor Davis impression. That's pretty weird. So thank you very much, Shane, for pointing that out. We did enjoy it. Um, the boy That's watched the boy. Whole Yeah, they watched the whole thing, didn't they? And we've also had an email this week. Oh, you haven't told me about it. Oh, no, I haven't. But I will tell you about it now. Uh, if I can find it. Um, in your millions of email addresses. In my millions of email addresses. There we go, here we go. If you want to um, get in contact with us, you can email us at uh, prisonerpodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at prisonerpod. Uh, So uh, this is from Chris Waters and he says, Greetings. Love the show. Oh, Chris, no, you really, you really, you really shouldn't. Another US listener here in Pennsylvania. I just discovered your podcast and I'm enjoying it very much. I enjoy hearing the comments of the missus uh, as you rewatch the episodes together. Now, we've put a little question mark after the missus, which maybe we need to explain for some of our overseas viewers that this is uh, British colloquial slang for someone's wife is the missus. Because, you know, they are. Because I am. Whatever your surname is. Yeah. Um, he says, yeah, he says that he distinctly recalls seeing parts of the shows as a very young child, perhaps when it was originally aired late in the evenings in the United States, 69 or 70. I think my father was a fan. Uh, he said it wasn't practical for him to attend the recent 50th anniversary celebration at Port Merion, uh, but he has uh, purchased the, uh, the recent uh, Blu-ray 50th anniversary edition, which has just arrived. Uh, he says that his wife and, and he, uh, with another family, uh, first watched The Prisoner on DVD about 15 years ago. And all of us were intrigued by the setting and with the episodes. He then goes on to be a bit spoilery about what might happen later on in the series. So we won't go through that um, Thank you. just now. Uh, but he is looking forward to hearing what you think of it. Cool. Uh, he says, did I hear a reference to Blake 7? I'm currently about halfway through watching that series. Did you perhaps produce a podcast for that too? Well, we did reference Blake 7 because that was something that we watched together mm-hmm. and that you enjoyed, didn't you? Yeah. Eventually. Um, but I love Avon. Yeah, everybody loves Avon. <laughs> everybody loves Avon. I think I loved Avon in a way different to you loved Avon. I'm not sure you did. Did you have the in then? <laughs> I think, uh, I, I think I remember, and we'll come on to this as well, uh, that on the, uh, in the Adventure of the Wife in Space, Adventure of the Wife in Blake, uh-huh. Uh, that was mentioned something about um, uh, I bet you all the women absolutely loved Avon and then the husband said not just the women <laughs> <laughs> but which brings us to why we didn't do a podcast we haven't done a podcast for that and we wouldn't do uh, and this is something that we did mention on our other podcast uh, carrying up the missus which was that really the inspiration partly for this the format uh, or the format yes uh, was the work of Neil and Sue Perryman uh, of Adventures with the Wife in Space and Adventures uh, with the Wife and Blake fame. Um, so do seek that out, Adventures with the Wife in Space. Uh, that's uh, that's uh, very good. And the 
like Seven One is excellent too. As I said before, if we can be a tenth of as entertaining as they are, then my gosh, we'll be doing very well. So do check that out, Chris. But thank you very much um, for your email. So do we have anything else to to discuss, or is that us? I think that's us. Did you uh, were you bored this week? Uh, like you were bored last week with the format. Was I bored? Yeah, you said, we've seen this start now so many times, it's always the same, uh, blah, blah, just blah. Just the start bit. I did like the rest of it. Don't imply that I didn't, I'm getting bored of this. But, but does this change things? Because if they can do this, what else could they do? I mean, I, I'm glad there was a satisfactory ending mm-hmm. that brought it all together. Um, yes, I'm sure the weirdness is just going to go off the planet now in terms of the realms of, of possibilities. Um, I don't think my, my opinion has changed much because of it. Does it make you look forward more to what might happen or less to what might happen? I think the thing that I perhaps fa- didn't enjoy about this was there was very little to go on of the overarching what the hell's going on question. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I prefer episodes where there's quite a lot of information or data to analyse and theory about mm-hmm. in terms of the bigger picture. So your theory hasn't your theories haven't changed much, you're not no, I mean, as back I say, towards one or the other. The the only thing that I, I thought was interesting in that sense in the in the sort of over, overarching arc is that the people in control are not infallible and they get it wrong. Okay. But I would have I enjoy more the episodes that have far more to go on than, than just a few scenes at the end that give you some nods to to the whole premise. Life in the village. Yeah. So um, so I think I wouldn't want too many of these mm-hmm. ones, but I'm not against them in principle ever happening again. Okay. Well, uh, in that case, all that remains to, to say... Join us again the next time when we carry on up the village. Bye! Bye!